What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, this was potentially one of the most memorable weekends in Sabres hockey in I don't even know how long. We have a lot to get to today. Of course, as everybody knows, we are putting out this episode on Tuesday as Taylor was busy being out of town rooting for his St. Bonaventure Bonnies. But Taylor, while you were away, my God, things were going crazy in Saberland. We're going to talk about Jack Eichel's return and the Sabres win over the Vegas Golden Knights in his return. We're going to talk about his comments and we're, we're going to get into it, probably get a little bit mad, which I'm very excited about. We had taken, I think, a very level-headed approach to talking about his return last week and previewing the game. And after his comments after the game, oh boy, we're going to have some thoughts. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about the more recent Sabres news, which is we legally own the city of Toronto now. It's unbelievable. Many people That's are true. saying this. Everyone's talking about it now. Buffalo now legally owns the city of Toronto after the Sabres beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Heritage Classic. The Sabres came to play. Peyton Krebs is just continuing to impress and continuing to score for the Buffalo Sabres. Vini Hinostroza added a pair of goals and Tage Thompson sealed it with an empty netter, giving the Buffalo Sabres a just beautiful 5-2 to two win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it was an eventful game too from Austin Matthews and his now, as we know, two game suspension for cross-checking Rasmus Stalin in the neck after they were mixing it up in front of the net to Dylan Cousins, then subsequently laying out Austin Matthews in the neutral zone. I, I mean, again, I, we talked about Krebs's goal. There was a controversial goal call that ended up going in the Sabres' favor, which was, was pretty iffy, but still, it still counts. Wouldn't have made a difference anyways, though, because again, commanding five to two victory over the Maple Leafs. And I think a lot of this goes back to the Sabres walking in here, dressing in like the Flint, Michigan tropics. You're, you're walking <laughs> into a game dressed like that, dressing like Jackie moon. I think it's impossible to lose your thoughts on the, on the heritage classic and just what you have seen from the Sabres this weekend. Cause it, it really feels like, I know we've said this a couple of times, but it feels like they're maybe turning a corner a little bit here. Yeah, so as long as we own Toronto, I would like to claim Young Street, and I'm going to change it to the proper spelling of Young. Thank you. That's one thing. Uh, so I also would like uh, any access to, like, half-off food at the Pickle Barrel, if that's possible. And then the rest of that, whatever, you guys can have it. So cool. I really I, – I think it's incredible, and it it's, bears repeating that that is technically a home game uh, on Sunday. So the Sabres are now – 73 30 and four against the Maple Leafs at home all time, um, which is astounding. That's incredible because oh, it what's really incredible is the Leafs have been really good for about six years now, and the Sabres have been really bad that whole time, and they have not made a dent at all. It hasn't mattered at all. Like it, the, the Sabres have continued to build that and expand upon that lead. Uh, in the home series, it's it's really incredible, especially because you normally when these games are played in Buffalo in normal non-COVID times, uh, Leafs fans pack the arena, and th- just the consistency which which garbage Sabres teams send home good Leaf teams send home nine thousand ten thousand Leafs fans who paid a lot of money and had to drive over the border and wait in traffic sends them all home sad. It's it's remarkable. It's one of the only things the Sabres have done well consistently. And like, yeah, the, the, 
part of the reason that record is the way it is because the Sabres had decent teams throughout the years and the Leafs were pretty garbage in the Howard Ballard, Ballard era, the 70s and 80s. But like you'd think at some point they would, you know, maybe start to make a dent in getting that back and they have not at all. So I think it's uh that's always a really fun thing we have to uh, look back on. But yeah, as, as far as this game specifically, it's wild. It's the second time where it's just like, damn, they just really outplayed the Leafs. This wasn't really super luck driven or anything. They, so they've outscored them 10 to three in the last two games against them. Like, I don't really know what to say about that. It's, it's kind of stunning. I don't really get it, but yeah, good game by Craig Anderson. Continuing strong play there. Yeah. I mean, it, it brings me unspeakable joy and I'm sure all of us who are listening unspeakable joy, just every time we get to see the Sabres beat the Leafs. But again, to your point, it's more than this, this just being luck because the Leafs top to bottom are obviously a more superior team than the Sabres are. I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs this year. The Sabres obviously are not and are going to miss for an 11th straight year, but just somehow we just continue to have their number and the guys are really just showing up to play. And I think that it's pretty remarkable that in back-to-back games where the eyes of the league are watching you, you know, this young team has just shown up and flat out outplayed the far superior team. And again, I, I talked about him a little bit in the, um, in our intro here, but again, I mean, Peyton Krebs is just finishing nonstop for this team and continues to look really solid. I know, I believe Chad last night had alluded to the fact that some of his underlyings don't particularly look as great, but to that, I say, I do not care. He looks good. He's we're talking about a young player who is in his. Yeah. I'm only analytics guy when it suits my purposes. Right. Exactly. No, (laughs) but, but, but like really though, taking that into account, like it's his rookie year, he's getting his first full extended look and NHL action right now. He's still getting acclimated to the game. And, you know, we're not talking about somebody who's like a four or five year vet here who we're, we're like, okay, this is who this guy is. Like he's just coming into his own right now. And so for his underlying numbers to not look okay, but he's able to still one produce and two, he's making strides and you're seeing how his game is growing on a night to night basis. And you're seeing how he's impacting the game from again, being on the score sheet to just some of the little things and how he's utilizing his, his strengths, like his skating and his puck handling ability and his vision it does not bother me at all what his underlyings look like taking all of that into account. I mean, this is just a young player who is really coming into his own and you're seeing it night in and night out where he's making multiple plays throughout the game that you're just like, wow, okay, this is what we signed up for. Like Vegas gave up this guy for Jack Eichel for a re and it took a while for them to give him up for a reason. And we're seeing more and more of that. So I could not be happier with, with Peyton Krebs. I mean, looking again across the board, Vinny Hinostroza, he's starting to, I mean, he's been very, very wishy-washy this year, back and forth where he'll have a couple of inspired nights and then it's just, you can't even find him out there. But again, he's starting to come on a little bit stronger now as we're less than a week out from the trade deadline, which really bodes well for the Sabres for, you know, maybe they end up getting a third for him or something like that. Now, now that he's starting to come on strong and if a team, a team gets a little bit desperate, who knows? Um, Rasmus Dahlin, I mean, again, like he's continuing to look better and better and is continuing to show up against good teams and on the big stage. Um, I, I don't love him and Yoki Haru being back together. I, I think that Granado needs to just put that to bed once and for all and just stop playing these guys together. Hopefully next year we'll be in a scenario where, you know, they can move Yoki Haru for a piece or something so that he doesn't even have the option to do it. But I, I have no interest in seeing them together anymore. 
they, they, they just don't work well together. And Darlene is pretty much dragging him around while he's out there. But back to the point though, with Darlene, I've been really happy with how he's been playing lately. He's been showing out more and more has been playing with so much more confidence too, and is really playing as the version of the player that you and I were, I think, talking about in the preseason for what we wanted to see out of him, where he's he's playing a little bit more fearless and he's got a little bit more bite to his game now with a, a, being a little bit more aggressive. But when he has the puck on his stick, like he's trying to make plays happen. And it's not even just a matter of trying, like he is making plays happen. His passing has been crisp and has been on target for the most part. He's been a lot better in his own zone. In the offensive zone, I mean, he is a threat when he has the puck on a stick and he's finding open seams and finding open guys way more. That's then leading to quality scoring chances. I mean, he's he's completely turned it around from when, you know, the alarms were going off earlier this season when we were all like, oh, my God, what is going on with this guy? Like, did Kruger really permanently break him? It, it just feels like as his confidence is going up, we're more and more seeing the guy that we've all been hoping for. And now you know, not nearly to the degree of what we had thought when we had drafted him, where we're thinking like, oh my God, this is going to be an elite superstar, number one defenseman here. But he's really coming into his own and is proving that there's a lot more to his game to be explored and that he's he's really starting to turn it around and is starting to, I, I guess, find the effective version of the NHL player that he will eventually become. Yeah, well, it absolutely does. It feels like, when you take the long view of this season, like the two guys in particular that have impressed the most or improved the most or looked better than last year are Dowling and Skinner. And like, those are two guys that you would have said last year easily. Those are the guys you would want to see one and two, like that you could see. And the two guys that I think we all knew, even in the moment were the most being hurt by Ralph Kruger and how he decided to coach as if he hated both of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think Dowling is definitely also on top of that. I know some of his metrics in his own zone haven't been all that great, but Dowling has, I think looks, you know, better like using his body, like physically, he definitely looks meaner. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if uh, four years in Buffalo are kind of wearing on him, but he's definitely got more of an edge to his game too. And yeah, I agree. I think he's looked, significantly better in a really encouraging way and i think it'll be even cooler if uh you know owen power can come and take on uh some of the burden away from him uh next season yeah I, and hell even at the end of this year too for that matter for whenever michigan ends up wrapping up their season but yeah completely agree there it's it's been really great to see. And I think, again, that's that's a big thing that i'm really looking forward to i know we're all looking forward to is not only just seeing owen power for just him being here and just seeing the, you know, him, like, is he going to be now this all situations, number one stud defenseman for us. But again, on top of that, yeah. What he's going to be able to take off of Dowling's shoulders, I guess, just by him, his sheer presence of being here. And eventually, you know, as he gets acclimated to the NHL game and is able to get used in more situations and get heavier minutes, you know, again, like how having that one, two punch on the left side is going to really serve to benefit this team. One other thing I want to just bring up too, with regard to Darlene. And again, like, I know this isn't something that's like a tangible thing or whatever. And it's kind of, uh, people can make light of it just given the fact that the Sabres are still in the basement, but Dylan cousins laying out Austin Matthews and sticking up for Darlene. I mean, again, you just continue to see the camaraderie, I think with this team. And like, while it maybe doesn't take away much of the pain of, 
of being, you know, towards the bottom of the standings. It really is just not a feeling I feel like that we've gotten to experience, you know, over the past five, six, seven years where you're just seeing just a bond growing between these guys and in this locker room. And it feels like not to, and I don't say this in a way to, I guess, feed into the whole narrative BS of what Kevin Adams has been saying, Oh, we need guys to want to be Buffalo Sabres and to want to be here because ultimately I think we all could agree that what makes guys want to be a part of an organization is a winning culture and just a good hockey team, like win games and guys are going to want to be here. But I don't, I, I just, I don't think you can deny like the camaraderie that's growing in that room and the, and the bond that's growing between these guys and that they actually all do not just like want to be here to be like, Oh, we want to be a part of Buffalo, but they want to find a solution together. You know, it's not empty platitudes of just saying, Oh, be proud to be a Buffalo Sabre. It feels more so it's like, no, we believe in this group of guys that we have here, meaning like the young core and we believe in each other. And because of that, we want to turn this thing around and we want to make Buffalo a place where people want to come to play. I don't know. I, you know, and I think that cousins just sticking up for him is really indicative of that. You know, you see the post-game press conference yesterday with, you know, Krebs and, and Craig Anderson, where they're joking around with each other and just seeing that kind of bond there where these young guys are just feeding off of like these vets that we have in the room between Pesek and Anderson and Opozo and, and, and Skinner too, for that matter. And I don't know, it just, it, it something about it just feels very different than what we've had in recent years. And that might honestly be a, a nice little segue into uh, our next section. If, if you're ready to move on to talk about a certain curly headed fuck. All right. One uh, thing I was going to say is I'd like to shout out Michael Bunting because uh, I was also very gung ho to step into like a fighting situation in hockey. And I also didn't know what I was doing. So <laughs> good for him. <laughs> So, All right, so you guys are both the same age too and would be con- and are considered rookies in the NHL. Yeah, and I also uh, would put up 60 points with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Exactly. So, um, yes, uh, there was another game this weekend, as I understand it, on Friday night. Or was it oh, Thursday night? It was Thursday. It was Thursday, Thursday. yeah. Oh, it was Thursday, Taylor. It was yep. Thursday. And, of course, everybody, we are talking about none other – than the return of Jack Eichel to Buffalo. We're going to get to the post. We're going to get to the post game comments in just a minute, but yes, Eichel was held pointless in a three to one loss to the Buffalo Sabres and in the most beautiful, beautiful, just connection, irony, whatever you want to call it. Peyton Krebs scored Alex Tuck scored the empty net goal to win the game. And poetically, it came from him beating Jack Eichel for uh, a puck that had come up along the blue line while Vegas had the, their goalie pulled. Puck in the zone, goes back to Eichel. Tuck races up there, ends up getting it by Eichel, skates down on an open break, and fired that boy into the net, sealing a 3-1 to victory against the Golden Knights. Eichel, in his return, as you would expect for a guy who – let's be clear here, requested a trade before the neck injury, was booed a bit. There were people who had cheered when he had gotten his video tribute, but when he had come out for warmups, people had booed pretty much any time he touched the puck. People were booing. And again, like, it's sports. This is bound to happen. I, I, you know, I had tweeted something about this the other day where, or on the day of the game, 
you know, people booed for Daniel Breer and Brian Campbell when they came yeah. back and had yeah. no business doing that. I remember being in the crowd for both of those games, the Briere one, I was like a cartoon character with smoke coming out of my ears for being just fuming mad that people would dare to boo Danny Briere. Briere was here for a shorter amount of time than Jack Eichel was. Okay. Oh, much shorter. Also, I'd like and, to note, uh, Brian Campbell is even worse. It's even less defensible because the Sabres traded him. And he cried in his he like cried. outgoing press conference saying, please don't boo me when I come back. Yeah, he asked not to be booed because they wouldn't. I would say with Briere, I also don't hold any grudges with Briere or Drury. But like they did both leave. They could have waited for an offer from the Sabres. Neither of them did. Whereas Campbell just That's wanted. That's necessarily a, a true. The Sabres didn't even give Briere an offer until the final hour before free agency opened up. Briere wanted to sign a deal before that season started, as true. did Drury. They both wanted to, had expressed, and as far as we know, I believe, up until around the trade deadline, had expressed interest in signing, coinciding extensions with each other, and the Sabres just would refuse to extend them. So I have I have no ill will at all towards Briere because that was – 110%, not even a fraction of a percent on Briere. It was all on the Sabres with Mexico. Yeah, no, but I think the Campbell one's worse. It's like, probably they didn't is. Even let him finish. Like, they didn't even let him get to free agency. And like, I know they did it because they were panicking because, like, oh, we can't lose another guy for nothing. But like, whatever. I mean, it's, it's the past, but like, yeah, basically, they lost another guy for Tyler Ennis and uh, Steve Bernier. So, no, not nothing. Ennis is whatever. But like, I, I thought that was especially terrible. Like he wanted to just sign a regular fair extension and the Sabres were like, no, for some reason. And then he was good for like 12 more years, frankly, unlike those other two, like he was good to like 2016, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is a long time ago. So yes, all those guys got booed too. Getting booed is pretty normal. Tyler Myers got booed when he came back. I don't really know why. I don't have any strong feelings toward Tyler Myers. He kind of sucked. Right. Um, right. Like all these guys are going to get booed. I don't remember if O'Reilly did or not. But, I'm sure he probably did. Yeah, guys just get booed when they come back. It's not a big deal. Like, I, I really said a couple episodes ago, like, it might have been last episode, actually. Like, it's just, like, a noise coming out of your mouth. It's not, it's not like, anything that's that tough to take. It's not like, like, people say a lot worse things to athletes when they when they get the chance to. Like, this is not one of the really bad, egregious ones. So, it's a question. is like, I don't know. Why would you boo Eichel? And then you might have your reasons. I think a lot of people do now. I think now a lot more people will have those reasons. He's going to get booed even worse next time. You and I are going to that Vegas game next year when they come back. Yeah, I'd be be happy to. I will not miss that one. All right, well, let's get to really what what caused the stir after the game, which was Eichel's post-game comments. He was quoted as saying, it's the loudest I've heard this place ever. Really, it only took seven years and me leaving for them to get into the game. It was a nice tribute. There was plenty of people here that were supporting me and there was plenty of people that were booing me. They just, they must just be booing me because they wish I was still here. I don't know. Oh, where to begin with these comments? One, cool self-owned asshole that nobody wanted to cheer for you while you were here. Two, you're factually incorrect about that. And three, uh, like just the absolute nerve, the nerve of this guy to go after the fans and not for the ownership who is really at fault for this entire situation. Okay. Him having his issues with the neck and having to wait to get the surgery, having to wait to get traded until the season started. That's not the fans fault. That's not our fault at all. And for him to pose as though the fans were never engaged in his time here, Taylor, did we, or did we not sell out the fucking arena 
for a prospect scrimmage. Not even against another team. We did. It was an we, it was a, an exhibition game. Yeah, we were themselves. there. I was at yes. that game, and so it, it was a packed house that night, and people were so into it. Then, sorry, I just like then even just like taking it a little bit further. I mean, any time that this team even showed the slightest, the slightest bit of success. That arena was full and it was rocking when it was for, you know, an actual good reason for people to want to be out. The 10 game win streak is what I, I go back to that. I, I just cannot believe that this guy, I mean, I get it that he's an asshole. I'm not surprised. I don't put it above him at all. We said this before. He was a shitty captain. He's shitty in the locker room. He sucks. Like as a person, as a hockey player. Yeah, he's great. But Eichel is just a dick. He's not captain material. Not at all. I was at, that San Jose game where they made it to 10 wins and they won an overtime on that Jeff Skinner goal. And I feel like with being a Sabres fan, we always, anytime the team does anything that's moderately successful, whatever, we always refer back to 05 to 07. That is what everybody says. Like, Oh, it was like this then or whatever. Through, uh, throughout the years too, people were always like, Oh, how do we find our new Briere Drury one, two punch down there? Like everything goes back. To them. So I get that. I am not exaggerating that when I tell you that when Skinner scored that goal against San Jose, that was the loudest I've heard that arena since the last playoff game I was at, which would have been, it would have been Ottawa in 2007 of like, of that team, of that run. Like I, I just, I think back to those games. I think back to, I was at game six against Carolina when Breer scored in overtime, like when they won that game against San Jose, the level of noise in the arena was on par with how loud it was that maybe not to game six, because game six, like it felt like the arena was going to collapse, but like just the general energy, the just excitement, all of it, like walking out of the arena, people were just screaming. Like everybody's car horns were going off. I got back home to my place in the Elmwood village and I had to park a block away. I had three different cars drive by me, beep, 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 because I was wearing a Sabres jersey, people going crazy for it. Like, just the, the, the audacity of this guy to suggest that Sabres fans have not bent over backwards and have jumped at any opportunity that this team has given us any chance to cheer for, for something that was meaningful or something that was real. It is just the ultimate slap in the face. It shows that, like you said, he's not captain material. And it just shows his character. Like he easily could have just had a layup and had said a, a snarky remark about ownership, about the Pagulas. And everybody would have agreed with him and probably celebrated it. Honestly, it probably would have made people feel better about him coming back than they did coming into that game. That's all he had to do. Properly direct your anger. The fans weren't the ones who didn't properly surround you. And, you know, the fans aren't the reason that you have you didn't make it to the playoffs or even sniff the playoffs in your entire tenure as a Buffalo Sabre. That's not on us at all. So the fact that he has the absolute fucking nerve to come at the fans when we have done nothing but go to bat for that dude, his entire tenure as a Sabre. And I think a lot of people could probably look back now and say that they unnecessarily were standing up for him, too, especially when talking about his leadership ability. But people repeatedly were defending him when there would be any kind of national narratives about where Eichel stood amongst like the NHL's elite Sabres fans always 
we're going to bat for him. That dude would score a goal and people would go crazy. Like, it, it, I mean, come on. The, the arena was filled with Eichel jerseys. And up until this year, they were always towards the top of attendance in the league. People were constantly there supporting them. They never gave us a product, though, that was worthy of us, like, going overly crazy about. But the, the notion that Sabres fans weren't cheering for him or weren't, like, supportive of this team is just so asinine and for him to drop that little thing oh they must miss me I mean you could tell just the look on his face how rattled he was after that game I think he was expecting that everybody was going to really really cheer for him and give him this big warm welcome and he was going to be welcomed back with open arms and when he didn't get that he he resorted to who he really is which is a, a, a slimy little fuck face who does not deserve to have a letter on his jersey ever again and now let me just say this there's a lot of lot of games left in the year we're still you know there's time but now vegas sits in that second wild card spot in the west and has fallen out of the top three in the pacific division and let me tell you i will be rooting so so hard for every other team in the west to overtake them and to knock those fuckers out of the playoff solely because of Jack Eichel and his bullshit childish comments. So, yeah, the thing, like, it, it's annoying about that is, like, yeah, the, the average Sabres game the last seven years is pretty quiet compared to other arenas. And there's, like, a lot of reasons for that. Like, people in the media have talked about how the part, part of it is the way the building is built with a super high, like, ceiling. Like, the, the it's not good for, like, audio or whatever. But to your point, yeah, like, there has been times when, like, the arena did get really loud and he knew that. Like, I think if you have the expectation uh, when you're just in the middle of a season on a Tuesday night, that the people are going to live and die with every play the way they do when teams are good. It's just not happening. People, people go to Sabres games. I don't think a lot of them are like, this is the game. It's going to turn everything around. And I really need to be invested in it because of that. Like a lot of the games they played, you knew they sucked and the games, frankly, themselves sucked and they lost a lot. They lost a lot more than they won at home in that time. But I want to give you another example that I'm pretty sure you were there with me for this one was a 2016-17 game against the Rangers. He had just gotten back from his ankle injury and they were down one in the third period and he scored the tying and winning goals. Yep. And it was super loud to your point. Like from before, it was like loud, like the the old days, like 05 to 07. And like everyone's going wild. It was great. I saw, I saw Tim Murray right after he wasn't as loud or happy, but it was like, wow, like that. And there wasn't any, it wasn't like the San Jose thing. It didn't make us uh, the number one team in the league points wise or anything like that. We were still not a playoff team. It was just one win. This is a regular random Sunday. Yeah. Like a Wednesday night or whatever. And people got loud for it. Cause there's sometimes there is things to get loud for. And it was explicitly because of him. Like, I think there were very few uh, Sabres in my lifetime who could have scored those two goals that he scored, but like he's just, I don't know. I guess he, he wanted to be combative. I know I, he should have expected to be booed. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking that he wouldn't be booed. I, even if it's not reasonable, you're going to get booed. You just got to get over it. Like, I'm not going to feel, like I said before, I'm not going to feel bad for you because you got booed. So he did that. And like, I pretty much agree with what you said. Like he, the move there is either just play it off or you could have said something about ownership and like, well, everyone that booed you would be right back on your side pretty much. That's like, my whole but, point. Like, he, yeah, you could have had everybody on your side if you would have just properly went at the people who deserve your criticism, not the people who were buying your jersey for seven years. Like, yeah, ugh. no, it, I mean, it's it just it's ridiculous. Like a bad taste. And after all the things he's tried to say, like after all this time, like he's been retconning everything for the past two weeks. And then it's like, OK, so then the, the you know, oh, 
go yeah. ahead. Sorry, you're awesome. Yeah, it's like annoying, but like he he was really trying to be like, I liked playing there. I liked the fans. I liked the community and all this stuff. And then it just like, like that. And like, you know, I guess they just must miss me stuff. It's like, I don't know, man. It just sucks. Like, I, I think I really demand, this isn't hockey in particular. If you're going to be a villainous type person, I know he's not a villain to the whole league or anything like that, but if you're going to try to do that, and if you're going to try to be a dick, be good at it, be better at it. Say something better. Like, I mean, Say something that, like, I don't know, like, about how, you know, the Sabres are never going to win again. Or you, you could go after ownership. You could go, go after someone on the team if you want to. But I don't know. And I would like to note now that the Golden Knights are in the midst of, I believe, is their worst 13-game stretch in their short franchise history. 4-8-1 and one is the exact 13 games that he's played. Hey, he's not on my team anymore. I don't have any need to be reasonable about it. Mm-mm. Probably a coincidence, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's not a coincidence. Uh, they just lost, for example, they lost to Columbus on Sunday night. A game where Eichel scored. Eichel and, scoring in uh, a loss. What a concept. Did, did you see uh, the tweets, too, about already now Vegas media is, like, making comments about his body language being negative? Mm. See, that's stuff that I never took seriously when he was in Buffalo because, like, this is what I said last week's show. He, well, You have someone on your team that you cheer for or you genuinely like, whatever – then all of a sudden you have some reason not to cheer for them, whether something more serious happens that gets you to look at back at things or they're not in your team anymore. Then, like I said, you have to evaluate whether you like the person or not. And sometimes a bunch of that stuff falls away and you're like, wow, I don't like this guy at all. And there's quite a few reasons uh, that we've already mentioned, but yeah, that's it. It's annoying. And it's, I would be pretty annoyed if I was a Vegas fan right now about it too, because he should be playing a lot better than he is. I mean, he's producing a little bit, not like he has in his pat in the past, but like, I don't know. He didn't look that good against Columbus at all or the Sabres, frankly. And they are only like a couple points away from being overtaken by Vancouver, Vancouver. If they don't make the playoffs in this Pacific division this year, it's one of the biggest chokes of all time. We talked before the year about how terrible this division was going to be. And the only team that's changed my mind so far has been Calgary. Los Angeles is a little bit better than I thought. I mean, I thought they'd make the playoffs too. Calgary is much better than I thought. LA is a little bit better than I thought. No one else is good. Edmonton's not good. Vancouver's not good. The Ducks really aren't good. Seattle is a disaster. And the Ducks are only. <laughs> you ready the for Ducks this one? Are... The Ducks aren't that far out either. They're four points back. They have one yeah, more I... game played than Vegas, but they are only four games back. And that, all right. So just to give the full breakdown for the wild card right now in the West, you have Nashville in the first wild card spot with 72 points in 59 games. Then you have Vegas with 68 points in 61 games, right behind them. And again, now let, let's also remember too, if we're going by points percentage here, Vegas isn't even in. Because Dallas has 67 points, one fewer point than Vegas, four fewer games played. 67 points in 57 games. Behind them, you have Vancouver, 65 points, 60 games played. So that's one fewer game played there. Winnipeg is right there, too, with 64 points, along with Anaheim. 64 points in 60 games. So... It's getting tight right now, and I'm telling you, you look at a team like Dallas, who Jake Ottinger has been lighting it up for them in net recently. Dallas has been going, has been on a real good run as of late, and again, cannot stress this enough. In terms of point percentage, 
Dallas is ahead of Vegas right now. So you have 67 points and 57 games played. Vegas has four more games played and only has one more point than Dallas. Oh, baby. Can you imagine yeah. how awesome it would be if Vegas doesn't make it? Like, oh, yeah. Well, the joy this- that my heart would feel would just be beyond compare. We have a real reason to cheer for this, too. Obviously, we have their pick. And it's yep. what is it? Only top ten protected? Correct. I think so. If they they're not going to be in the bottom ten unless they win a lot, one of the three lottery spots. So, best case scenario is we get the pick somewhere between eleven and fifteen, like or sixteen, eleven and sixteen, right? Seventeen to thirty-two would be the playoff teams. Yep. So eleven to sixteen, somewhere in there that range, that'd be fantastic, and it's a real possibility. I mean, even if it's not, they would have to get really hot before the end of the season uh, to to make it like, like into the top, what, seven top 10. Yeah. Like in the league and overall points. So like, this is going to be a better pick than we thought it was going to be. The Florida pick is going to be worse than we thought, but what are you going to do? So, so that that's one thing. Another thing is they thought with Eichel coming back that they could just cruise through the rest of the regular season with no Mark stone to the playoffs. But like, that is not the case. And here's the problem is you, is, you know, but I don't know if everyone does, if Mark stone comes back, they have to get rid of someone big and they have to know within the next two weeks. Cause the, the trade deadline's coming up. They have to know within the next two Monday? weeks. Yeah. Well, it, I thought it was the 27th. Is it? Okay. Is it the 21st? I... Yeah. Well, it's one of those two. So they have to know very soon whether Mark stone is going to be back. Cause they are going to have oh, to. Oh, it's the 21st. 21st. Okay. So that is hey, next less Monday, than a so week, less than a week uh, to figure out that because they're going to need to trade Riley Smith to someone in all likelihood. That'd be the move they make. I think Carlson's too many years left to really make that a possibility. Yeah. Although they should look on uh, this off season to getting out of that one. That's not a great contract. Nope. Yeah. So that, that things are not great over there. Although they could just make the playoffs, you know, as a second wild card and then Mark stone comes back and everything's fine. But who knows? Maybe Mark Stone's really hurt. I mean, we're just assuming they're being cynical about it. Like, maybe Mark Stone's actually hurt. And if he's not, um, Riley Smith's going to the AHL. <laughs> they don't, because like, what else are they going to do? That I mean, they have not much else they can do. Like they, like you said, like they're going to probably have to get a real good sense of what Stone's status is going to be within the next week. Yeah. So they really, uh, if I'm Jason Botro, I'm reaching out and saying, hey, you know Mark Stone might come back, right? We could always use that. We have a lot of cap space. In fact, I'm going to look right now. You're Jason Botterill? Oh, my God. Why did I say Jason Botterill? (laughs) And they're like, Jason, we have to keep telling you, man. You don't work here anymore. Why why did I say Jason Botterill? If I was Kevin Adams. See, that's the thing. I could see myself being a GM. Your status um, as Buffalo be... Sabres general manager is the exact same, though. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm about as good of a GM, probably, uh, as him. <laughs> but I think he's like, you know, well, obviously, we both have pretty big heads. Um, <laughs> but I think Kevin Adams is, at least so far, seems like I he's doing a better job than I could have, which I, I will not uh, give that up for Jason Boschel. But no, I just misspoke. Very sleepy boy today. That's if I was Kevin Adams, I would be calling them and saying, we have a ton of cap space. Why don't you just give us Riley Smith? Like, you know, you can't fit him and Mark Stone might have to come back. And hey, what if Mark Stone isn't even that hurt? And whatever, you're going to need to make moves anyway. Uh, so yeah. 
he's the UFA, so that's it's whatever. His base, his, I think his cap hit. Yes, yeah, cap hits five. Base salary is three point five. He's going to be a free agent anyway. You're not keeping him, so why don't you just give him to us and uh, you uh, also attach a second round pick, and we'll give you uh, I don't know what do you want, Robert Hag. Robert Hag, Bobby Hag, send him over. Yeah, or I don't know. We'll give you someone that you lean us wise back or something like that if you want a young guy. That's what I think. You know, it's, that's the kind of move they should be making. And if they don't make that, if Vegas isn't interested and says, no, we actually know for sure that he's going to be out for the rest of the regular season, uh, look to, uh, you know, launder cap space like we were talking about last week. That's, that's what they got to do. Find those teams that are, are a little bit uh, closer to the cap and they want to be ahead of the deadline, take some contracts off and profit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it. I guess the other thing we should talk about is Cody Eakin, big weekend for him. I believe it was his idea for the Sabres to draft uh, as the Flint Tropics. Love uh, that. Yeah, and did it's you interesting. See the neck thing? Did you see the the video? Well, I was going to say that too. Yeah, he oh. also did the quite an own on Eichel. So, congrats to Cody Eakin. We've we've given him a lot of uh, a lot of gump, a lot of guff on this show. Um, and uh, you know, I I love giving guys guff. So, <laughs> I don't think I've ever um, heard you use that terminology before, and I don't well, get. He's kind of criticized a lot on the show, and yes. this is at least a good. He seems like a good vibes guy. I would compare him to Matt Barkley. Was on the Bills. He always seemed like a good vibes conductor. But if Matt Barkley was ever in the game, it was like, oh, except for that one Jets game. The Jets. Any yeah, other time he's say, in the field, yeah. The first say, first game he played, I was game. like, huh, is this guy actually okay? And then every other time he's on the field, it's like, oh, nah. they always put up his career stats before he went in, and it's like eleven touchdowns, twenty five interceptions. <laughs> four yards an attempt so like yeah but he he seemed cool and cody eakin is kind of the same way where it's like he's not really an nhl player anymore but like seems like he's a good guy to have around he has great hair and the flint tropics thing very funny i think they all looked really cool i know it's an old reference but whatever no joke it's i think hockey. i'm gonna watch I, I i actually do think that i'm gonna i'm gonna watch that tonight i think now yeah i think that helped I, I the sabers a lot yeah oh yeah the the maple leaves outfits were super corny so yeah the bob the builder bullshit yeah not a fan of that uh so cody eakin big thumbs up for him like if if eichel was there he's probably has to make the decision about what they wear right he's probably like we got we're all gonna dress as like mark Wahlberg and shooter (laughs) or like all right everybody get your finest insurrection gear out (laughs) yeah so Good, good weekend uh, for Cody Egan. Good for him. Really good. Good weekend for him and good weekend for all of us to rewatch semi-pro. Like I said, who does not love the rare combination of getting to watch Will Ferrell and Andre 3000 be in a movie together? You don't see it often. You don't, you really don't. Also Woody Harrelson. Woody, yeah. What the heck? What a trifecta. Yeah. No, I think I'm definitely about to watch that tonight. Yeah. Hey, do we have to hear from our friends at DraftKings? Well, uh, contractually, yes. So, all right, folks. The NHL season's been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. 
A bump in the wind column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. And uh, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming, or 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, or 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire, or 888-789-7777 in Connecticut, or you can also visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Iowa, you can call 1-800-BETS-OFF or uh, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. In New York, you can call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. Or in Oregon, you can visit opgr.org. In Tennessee, you can call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. Or in Virginia, you can call 1-888-532-3500. You must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Shout out to our Iowa listeners. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. The Iowa. There used to be an Iowa ECHL team, I'm pretty sure. Or was it AHL? I don't remember. Um, I don't know. so, So I was in D.C. this weekend, and they really do not have much sports betting. But you can go bet in person at sports books there. So I the sports book uh, basically attached a capital one arena that I went to and I made three small wagers. I don't bet usually too, too big. And I lost all of them. So tough weekend for that. I Ooh. very funny. I was convinced on Sunday night to bet on the Lakers half first half money line, which was going to pay off like four to one. And I put only put five bucks on it. So I'd win like 22 or something like that. And they were they gave up 79 points in the first half. Whew. They did not score 79. They gave up 47 points in the first quarter. Sheesh. Good yeah, lord. I, I don't know why I bet on those bums. Good God. Well, sorry to hear that. That makes two of us for not having much betting luck these days. Yeah. That's why I don't put much money on it. Or there you go. Most of the time, any money at all. It's ironic, you know, like DraftKings pays us to do these ad reads, but then we just pay them right back by losing all of our money. (laughs) Wow. Damn, you went beyond to something there. It's the circle of life. So is your recommendation for the people uh, semi-pro? I think it is. Yeah. I mean, love Will Ferrell, love Andre 3000. Outcast is like... Well, Andre 3000 is on my Mount Rushmore of rappers all time. And just like, he's one of my favorite artists like ever, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go uh, semi-pro, I guess. That seems appropriate, right? What's yours? Hmm, I don't know. Well, I was going to say also, isn't Andy Daly in semi-pro? And Will Arnett? 
Wow. Yes. Well, that. Holy. Wow. Jesus. What a cast. I might watch this too. Um, I haven't watched anything since the last time we talked since I've been away. Uh, but if anyone's interested in some hot NIT action, St. <laughs> Bonaventure Bonnies are playing. Well, tonight, if you're listening on Tuesday, they're playing at 11 p.m. on ESPN2. Oh, yeah. In Colorado. So I'm going to bet heavy on that game tonight. No, you can't. Why not? Sadly. Can't bet on New York uh, college sports teams in New York. I'm going to go to Pennsylvania real quick. You can do that. That works. I'll take a quick ride down. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, if, if you're interested in that. <laughs> other than that, uh, I don't know. I'm going to try to finish my Oscars uh, rewatch. You know what I was thinking? The Oscars is March 27th. That's what I was getting that confused with the trade deadline. Mm. So I have less than two weeks now to finish. I only have I only have one more Best Picture movie I have to see. And then there's a couple other, couple other things I could see. Should I see the Aaron Sorkin movie about uh, I Love Lucy? The who played her <laughs> uh, was it Nicole Kidman? Did she play it's her? Nicole Kidman. She, she's that's the reason that's you know, she's up for uh, best actress. So I'm probably I mean, not going to watch it. That maybe? sounds horrific. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a big Sorkin guy. Your boy Aaron Sorkin. He, you know what? He has made good stuff when he does is the one who writes it and doesn't make it. <laughs> yeah, no, that is definitely he's much better writer than he is a director. Yeah. Well, also, it's better when a director can be like, we're not doing that line. Right. Or we're changing the line this way. Like, you know, it's still like good to have the bones of a Sorkin script like in Social Network or Moneyball. But it's way better when you have a director that knows what they're doing. Yeah, definitely helps. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I got to check out like Coda and that might be it. Honestly, I don't oh, know. Boy, we'll see. All right. Well, we're going to have to start preparing for our trade deadline preview. All right. Trade deadline preview. That'll be. Huh, that'll be the trade deadline is Monday. Well, that'll be interesting. Yeah, do we want to drop that on Monday then? Or do we want to do Thursday? Hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll think about that. And then of course our Oscars preview will be next week. Can't wait for the Oscars one <laughs> where I've seen two of the movies and you have seen them all, but I'll still comment on them anyway. Yeah. I well you can see if I'll tell you about them and you can tell if you like you think you would like it. You know what we should do? We should get together and hang out. And then I watch all of the Oscar movies, but fast forwarded by like 10. And then I have to give a plot synopsis of what I think each of them are about. And then from that, I pick what I think will be best picture. Wow. You could also look at betting odds if you want to see what best picture is, because I think there's a heavy favorite right now. Well, yeah, but I mean, I still think it'd be interesting to watch yeah. movies fast forward, you know? That could be. Oh, which two have you seen though? So I'm assuming you've seen West Side uh, Story. Oh, West Side Story. And... I watched that because of you. Oh, that's right. Yeah. West Side Story. And let me see. What would the other one be? It's not Don't Look Up, is it? I did see that one. Yes. So those are the two. Yes. that Those are it. And then I do want to see Licorice Pizza. King Richard is pretty intriguing. I've heard good things about that. Obviously, Nightmare Alley with like the Buffalo tie in um dune i feel like i people have told me i would like just because i like sci-fi kind of stuff so dune kicked ass i love yeah dune. Uh, maybe i'll watch that one too so really the ones that i guess i i could probably like moderately say with moderate confidence that i'd watch are probably nightmare alley dune and king richard and licorice pizza too but i feel like all of those movies kind of seem like the kind of thing that'd be like oh this movie is on right now i guess i'll watch this and see what it's all about 
two years from now, but maybe I'll try and do it before the Oscars. Who knows? Well, I'll have my official power rankings. Ready what do you got for number one? I can't unveil it yet, but I what's think the, I know what's what the is. number one for the betting odds. Power of the dog. It's also nominated for the most nominated for 12. Wow. It's funny though. Cause um, Sam Elliott got in some hot water, not really hot water. People are just mad at him. Cause if he didn't like it and the things he said about it uh, on Mark. Oh Barron's yeah, that's podcast. right. That's right. I can't even sum up what he was talking about. It was kind of incoherent. Like the, cause I can't really tell. There's like six different things he seemed to be mad about. Was he like Cowboys gay? That's never happened in a movie before. Well, this is weird (laughs) because like he like, he's on the record as liking Brokeback Mountain. Um, So that's interesting. I just, I couldn't really get a read because he said so many different things in such a short time. I couldn't get a read on what he was actually mad about. Um, and then let's see. Oh, yeah. So that Jane Campion, who directed it, like kind of like clapped back at him, as the kids say. And then today or last night, I should say, at the Critics' Choice Awards. The she, Venus and Serena thing. Oh. Yeah. She was just like, I actually had to compete against men. It's like, wh- what do you think trying to get attention as a female tennis player is? Whatever. I thought, you know, what? both fine movies, but uh, neither. I'll give you a preview. Neither of those will be my number one. Okay. And, I have to see Coda before I can give my official number one, but gotta say putting a movie on Apple plus that is starting as a big negative for me because I have to download Apple plus and do a free trial to see it. You gotta be able to find it somewhere for free, right? Yeah. That's a whole thing though. It's a whole to do. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I'm looking forward to your Oscar preview then in two weeks, but yeah, we'll figure out when we're going to do our trade deadline preview. So that'll be coming up. Ted, do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share with the people before we sign um, off today? My former uh, Sabres player of the week, or the episode, I should say. Well, let's go with uh, Braden McNabb. I like that. I'm going to go with Jordan Leopold. Yeah, good, good scoring defenseman. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to check out their other many, many great podcasts that are currently being put out all throughout the week. And also make sure you're following them on social media. Make sure you're following us on social media as well. Straight Up Sabres on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure you, you are using promo code THPN at checkout after at DraftKings to take advantage of great deals. We'll be back with a new episode as scheduled on Thursday. Thank you so much. This has been Straight Up Savers.